Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, are you ready for some Dom Ball? I'm ready to tell you about my father. <laughs> Today we are reviewing Justin Lin's F9. It is about time, Eric. Family. Is it, is it called is F9? I, That's something that we should yeah, talk about because I feel I so. like with IMDb, like it, some people are calling it Furious 9. Some people no, are calling F9. it F9, the, the, the Fast Saga. Fast Saga. Well, I, in the movie at the very end, it is just F9. Nine. It says FF, and then the second F turns into a nine. Because titles for these F9. movies are important. Are, yo, because totally. especially there's a, with a, there's Fast a very strict Furious structure and the Fast <laughs> and the Furious. You know, you're either talking about the first or the fourth. Yeah. And um, when will one of these be called uh, F10, the Fast Fada? <laughs> uh, fast fada um everyone's saying fast 10 year seatbelts should be the, fifth, it the should 10th be. one so yeah they got it they got it <laughs> so well, especially if it's um, going to be in two parts and it's also funny thinking that this even though it is called fast nine and it is the the ninth film within sort of the 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 main saga it is, it is the 10th, the 10th. <laughs> film in the franchise it's almost That's like i love it it's, it's almost so... like a, a kill bill in a weird way where like yeah. you know like tarantino considers to have nine films but technically they're you know, he had 10, 10 releases. releases, but I still consider Kill Bill one movie. Uh, any movie that's part one and part two, one film, it's one film. Guys. Yes. You, when you're ranking things, it's one film. It's not just because you watch them in two parts at two different times and you bought two different tickets. It's still one movie. Um, anyways, yeah, it, it's this was uh, uh, it, it's so exciting to finally talk about this movie because obviously we are very vocal about, you know, I, I mean, I am my love this stupid, stupid franchise. <laughs> um, and I know that you enjoy it, too, just for its pure absurdity and just how it's evolved into something completely it's metamorphic- different. I think is the most yeah. fascinating thing to talk about because again, when you go back to the Fast and Furious, I mean that's one thing we didn't talk about in our our uh, review for Escape Room Tournament of Which Champions. Which you guys can listen to we now. There's a great two movies story produced about by Neil H. Uh, H. Morris. <laughs> uh, which, but but again, like Morris at that time. But I heard it, he's been taken off the Fast movies, but this one he like contractually had to get a producer credit or something. But I guess also because it is referencing there's there's some retconning of the original original film but for people that don't know who Neil H Mortz is he was a guy in the late 90s that kind of was a popular producer in sort of creating MTV uh teen based films like movies like Cruel Intentions and obviously the first Fast and the Furious and what the first Fast and not the Furious another teen movie not baby. another teen movie <laughs> and what the first Fast and the Furious movie is you know we've talked about this before is is basically just a riff on Catherine Bigelow's uh Point, point Break, break. Yeah. you know the the relationship between uh Johnny Utah and Bodie is the same relationship between uh Paul Walker's Brian and Vin Diesel's Dom and and you know it just it replaced surfboards with you know souped up cars and and That's what you gotta get Keanu Reeves in in the Fast universe. Well, I mean, there was point. rumors that he was in yeah. was going to be in Hobbs and Shaw, and that that never as the came villain, to which be. they never right. revealed, right? Yeah, like, and that which didn't that happen. could still be true. I don't know. But. Yeah, um, and and so going to this and thinking like, okay, well, the first Fast and the Furious movie is you know basically Point Break, but. Also thinking, you know, this is about like street gangs in in LA that are stealing DVD <laughs> stealing <VCRs>. players, <laughs> and 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 you know, like 
off of trucks and stuff like that. And now they're becoming drinking cappuccino, ice cappuccinos, ice cappuccinos yeah. and Coronas. And now they're still drinking Coronas, but they're also, you know, like super spies and dealing in the world of espionage. And basically the franchise is saving the a, world, a and, Bond yeah. film or a Mission Impossible movie uh, in a lot of ways. So I think talking about that in itself, I think is even more fascinating just, than yeah. an individual film. And I think the turning point there, the best movie in this franchise is fast five. When you get in, you know, you bring in the rock and Rio de Janeiro and sort of turn it from, you know, racing cars with scantily clad women to, you know, hauling safes across the country, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that we'll talk about that I think is kind of dearly missed in this installment, but um, it was just exciting too. I mean, we talked about a lot about going, back to the movies on our um escape room tournament of champions review which you guys can check out as well there's all we won't get into it but there was a whole confrontation with someone at the theater so the movies are truly back oh yeah um, in every way um, but this was our first movie of the day our first film since last summer when we saw tenant and um new, and mutants. new mutants which almost feels like a weird blip that never even happened like just because there was two nights in a row we went and then you know cases started to get worse in ontario after that and then movies were shut down again um and we haven't been back since um and so it was just a surreal experience like uh, you know even our, even me and you going we're usually ones to get there pretty early get our seats and things like that but i feel like just with everything we were even in a different space of getting there you know as tra- credit or as trailers were already rolling and it just felt like well, we're in a different space we not, but so yeah. is the fast crew in a different space yeah we'll get to that too but um it was just very nice to sit down in those nice plush cushy seats at at landmark cinemas the the ma- the theater is properly masked the sound when you is hear great. that sound of the um, theater changing its uh, aspect ratio it's so beautiful yeah, it's- it is and i just felt like i'm like oh this is again i said i tweeted i'm like i'm i'm home visiting family and uh, uh quite literally is, obviously yeah that's literally what i was talking about and it just felt so nice even just to watch all these trailers that we've just been watching on our computer screens or our tv screens and like even that part of it of going oh yeah i haven't seen this trailer on the big screen or whatever right and just watching those and then you get 800 different like welcome back to the movie ads and then like one from vin diesel and and one from the ceo of landmark and classic bill walker uh, move (laughs) yeah and just like and then you get some of it is also some of it is also like stuff that was originally recorded back in the summer because like the the bill walker one like was there too right yeah whether it's a first date date night or taking out the family (laughs) (laughs) yeah all three with eric um and then and then fast starts and you're like oh man like i've been like you've been with these movies getting delayed as as far as they were almost a year out i feel like we've been like the anticipation or the wait for some of these movies have been way longer than it, it usually is so maybe that adds to the expectations or anything but or why just, you could be more forgiving to certain things as yeah. well where like i feel or like the other way around too though yeah like, no I, it's I fair feel, but i but i do feel like there is something that adds to the experience of watching a, a movie like this, which is well over two hours long. And, yeah. um, you know, if you were to watch this in the comfort of your own home, I do feel that there are certain distractions 
that could have the viewer pause the film, oh, absolutely. take a yeah. break, that kind of thing. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. I only had that. to go to the bathroom twice, which is pretty good for my but first movie. watching back. a movie like this in the theater, you're locked in, the gears have been shift to drive, you're going on that road trip, you know, and and you know, watching that film from beginning to end with no stops, no breaks. Um, there, there is something about that, that I think adds to the experience and just, again, watching it in a dark room with other people, um, and, and just being like, are you, are you seeing this? This is the dumbest thing I have ever seen. At least other people are watching this and, and seeing what I am seeing. And that's why I think we love these movies. Right. And you've talked about, you know, very eloquently how they've evolved and, um, but they've evolved into these, just the dumbest, the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But they've also and gotten I, smart I people it. to yeah, climb totally. aboard, whether it is ironic or not. But I think everyone is on board. I think why this franchise also works though, is because Vin Diesel is so sincere, right? And he plays it so straight. Like I don't, I think he is the one who is playing it very straight and thinks it's this big epic action blockbuster saga thing where well, it's it, the same it definitely thing. is it, but. it's the same thing that vin like i was talking to you about this after the movie vin diesel and tom cruise i don't yeah. think are that far apart in terms of the way that they see fast and furious the fran- that franchise and tom cruise sees the mission impossible franchise it's like this weird projection of who they see themselves as whether it be dom toretto or you know uh ethan, ethan hunt, hunt yeah. uh, on the big screen and they think that that's a, a, a version of themselves a persona of themselves this cool person larger who, than life yeah who saves the day gets the girl you know does everything and invincible and, yeah, yeah. And, and in real life you know they're, they're just dorks. dorks. <laughs> they're <laughs> total dorks. I, I I think that the one difference is is that Tom Cruise is more willing to put his life on the line for sure, yeah. you know committing to the bit. Um, where Vin Diesel clearly here does not mind having a CGI or stuntman yeah. uh, supplement some of the oh, uh, absolutely the action sequences. But no one cares more about this franchise than that guy, and no one takes it more seriously than well, that it's guy. all where he people has, like right yeah, because and- he tried to get away from it. After the first film, because like to that was going to be, right? you know, yeah. like Rid- I think launching. Riddick was the thing that he was yeah. more interested in with Pitch Black and turning that into a franchise for himself than the Fast movies. And then you know you watch, obviously Tokyo Drift. He has a cameo in. Spoiler alert! But um, you know he didn't come back until four, and when he comes back into the franchise, it does feel weirdly like the thing that was missing in those movies to make them work you know, that gear that they needed in that engine was Vin Diesel, was Vin Diesel weirdly and enough. It really is. And I think everyone in these movies, like if you think about it, like Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese, uh, Ludacris, um, you know, Jordana Brewster, like they don't do much else other than fast now, right? Like they can't sell another movie. This is their expendables so, basically. And, and it is so interesting that when you bring them all together in a fast movie, it will make a billion dollars but you put any of them in anything else and no one gives a shit and it's just it's a testament to this franchise and and what it's become and then you fill those other roles the supporting roles or villain roles or or anything else with people like kurt russell and Charlize theron and helen mirren and michael rooker and and everyone and it's just like and the rock and 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 even jason statham who i think is on you know he's on the the B to A tier rather than the, you know, no offense to the rest of the cast. But the kind he's, of C yeah, area. yeah. But um, Jason Statham's one of those guys 
partly because of his accent and and partly because like he does have more charisma i think than oh, totally, than vin yeah. diesel but what's also fascinating with vin diesel now like this is just a fun little side vin diesel has worked with two great dames with both yeah. helen mirren and judy dench in chronicles yeah. of riddick what other action star has done that God, his <laughs> and scene, bring them in to a franchise the scene with like helen this. mirren is i'm like jesus christ okay there I mean, is both, real yeah, sexual chemistry. tension <laughs> yeah, there. yeah yeah it was it was fantastic like but, there's more there's um, more sexual chemistry between, between those two than then letty Michelle, yeah and and dom <laughs> yeah but i like michelle rodriguez in these movies too and like everyone just kind of works and we'll get uh, i'll let eric take over and do the plot in a sec but just our oh, overall God. um i mean you could just give a you know something bad happens cyphers back dom's brothers uh who we've never heard about like, until this movie yeah, played by um, john cena <laughs> jacob with a k um han's back from the dead and like you know they gotta save Hashtag the world justice again. That's, for han. that's really what you have to you know they have to save the day again There's yeah and it's new- and it's a bunch of, of a series of um set pieces, set pieces and- that get that go from extreme to the stratosphere literally. yeah literally yeah and i think that's Again, uh, overall, I I thoroughly enjoyed myself watching this movie, especially being the first movie going back to theaters for, and I was very excited for it because I like the absurdity of this franchise, and I love that, you know, throw the rules out the window, anything can happen, and you just kind of have to, suspension of disbelief, like, you know, you just got to go in accepting everything, no matter how dumb. Except you need how- suspension breaks. Yeah, yeah. But like cars are padded that if you land on a car – you're not going to be hurt. Uh, you can go to space with like duct tape spacesuits uh, and a car that would just makes no sense. Like nothing makes any sense. Everything can be retcon. No one dies. Everyone comes back to life and you just accept it. And I feel like it's at a point now where they could literally do anything like they could. I, I will not be surprised, Eric. And if in 10 part one or part two, that there's time travel involved, just like Endgame. And like, I really think that they could go back to the first movie somehow or, you know, well, they- kind of are with this and film like, in a yeah. way in retconning. And that was the one surprising part with the 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 flashbacks. Yeah, they're retconning Dom's story a little bit here where like in the first movie part of you know Dom Toretto is that he is, you know, an antagonist. He's an anti-hero. He's the guy yeah. that, you know, has a he dark beat a past. guy with a wrench and his dad blew up in a car, yeah. Yeah, and then in this movie they go back to those moments with this faux grain cinematography which is amazing. <laughs> it's so great. And yeah. Michael Rooker with long yeah. sort of like, you know, <laughs> still looking like he's hair. yeah. He's just as old as he is now. Yeah, yeah, especially because if you've seen Michael Rooker in like Henry Portrait of a Serial yeah. Killer or JFK or but any of those movies. I will say shout out to them for not D aging anyone they just cast yes. younger actors Although and michael rooker was does like, sound like they did something to the actor who plays the younger vin diesel to his just voice. to make his voice like they altered it a little yeah, bit yeah and make, also but it's, it's not a Clooney like in no no no, no no and it's also just funny to think like the guy who's playing the young jacob um who's played by john cena in 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 the present and um the actor who's playing the young uh dom um the the height difference it is, make is hilarious sense. because <laughs> yeah. the the young dom he had a growth spurt towers sure. over the young jacob and then you look at jacob towers over dom yeah kind of yeah. um, which is kind of funny and again i almost feel that like that's something that vin diesel specifically was looking for when casting a young dom it's like i need the younger version of me to be this you know hulking yeah. guy <laughs> you know and and has to be like superior in every way <laughs> to to everybody and again like this like there's this 
Justin Lin is is a very important part of this franchise, and I think yeah. with with his absence as well from the series, it's hurt a little bit. But I do feel like that there there is this a tour theory coming from the point of view of Vin Diesel, where like oh absolutely, yeah. like this is this these movies now are by design from a man whose ego is just as large as what the franchise has become, which as is his part forehead, soap yeah. opera and part superhero movie. And like now it's getting to the point where, you know, the Tyrese character who is always hungry or hungry, literally um, meta self referential, like, which I kind of like in the sense of like, he's having this weird mental breakdown about yeah, it where it's like, like, am I in a movie? Yeah. But, <laughs> but again, it is also really dumb because it's not clever in any way. It's no, just no. like, okay, we're aware that these characters, you know, Letty How having landed on the gotten. hood of Dom's yeah. car in multiple movies yeah. now without a scratch, um, you know, continues to thrive. And these characters, even when they're killed, they're not necessarily, yeah and like that stuff i'm of two minds of it like i i don't know if i love them like going that route of acknowledging how ridiculous because i like when they play it very very straight like that's kind of the appeal of these movies that they're so absurd but everyone in them especially vin diesel like plays them very very straight but i do understand why you give the tyrese character i guess that kind of role of of questioning it and well, going, he's like, the comedic relief like, him yeah. and Ludacris are truly like the 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 comedic sort of abbott and costello so, of this exactly so i feel like it's okay that you give it to him and he's kind of just like the fuck is going on <laughs> like how are we keep doing this like do does no one sit there and think about how absurd this is getting and then you give him the scene of going into space and stuff like that so that kind of all all works but throughout the whole movie you kind of have them referencing you know that kind of being very meta in some of its humor and some of the things that they do that i'm just like I just love that the franchise plays it so straight that I don't know if I need that stuff. And then overall, like, again, yeah, you don't really need to think too hard about the plot. There's a device, a, a MacGuffin that, you know, is going to end the world or whatever. Project and, Ares, and Jacob, yeah. Jacob's going to control the satellites and be able to do whatever he wants. Cypher's involved. Like, who cares? Cypher um, has a new haircut. Yeah, she's got a mushroom cut instead of dreads. Um, I hope they continue that, like, every movie that she's in and if they get the spinoff that they're talking about, I hope she changes her hair every episode if it's like yeah. a series. <laughs> yeah, like every chapter or something. Do chapter-based storytelling based on her haircut. And I hope each one is as ridiculous. Like you mentioned, Eric, like a mohawk maybe, or just something like absolutely absurd. Um, so this one, she's just got to, but only Charlize Theron can pull off like a dope mushroom cut too. Oh, she, she has just looks so fantastic. much confidence in, yeah. in, in the performance and with she probably, the wardrobe. Like, she's and she's become like, Hannibal Lecter in yeah. this, which is yeah. also funny. <laughs> yeah. And then that's what I mean by like, these movies are hard not to enjoy now. Cause I think you go in knowing what to expect and like, I will say that this one felt a little bit more timid or even though it is absolutely absurd, I didn't feel like it hit uh, like it didn't feel special like some of the other ones were. And I don't know what was missing for me. And I, I, I mentioned it to you after we left that I think the presence of Hobbs and Shaw um, are kind of missed in this movie where I feel like 
without the rock and without Jason Statham, like I just feel like those two big personalities at opposite, you know, Dom and the team um, or involved in them in some way are really missed. And it felt like everyone in this movie, even with Justin Lin coming back, not, I don't want to say that they were on autopilot, but like it did feel like it was missing something. And it, it, I get that these movies are repetitive and it's just, you have to kind of one up each other, but I didn't feel like this necessarily one upped any of the other movies. It just kind of, other stayed. than it went to space, which is what yes, everybody which was is, waiting yes. for as the joke. And, it's like, and that's another meta thing too, of everyone talking about that. So they'll go, okay, we'll give you what you guys like. It's almost poking fun of itself by doing that. But it's also poking fun at franchises in general, because the yeah. idea is like, once you get to a certain number of movies in any franchise, you gotta go to space. yeah, I mean like that's even with the bond thing, and which was also a reference in black widow, right? With, with moon ranker, you, yeah. you know, like you, you, you get to a certain moment where it's like, okay, this is where you, can jump the shark or or in this case go into outer space because you've gotten to that point but i do agree with you where like i even think that the length of this movie doesn't really justify what we're we're seeing on screen and i do think that there are some clunky sort of aspects of the narrative and and sort of bringing back mia like i understand jordana and han too and and han but i but i would even the han thing almost plays into the soap opera stuff which i i know but i just wish that like I wish he was given more to do because Sun Kang is a very captivating, charismatic presence throughout these movies. And like that is something that I kind of missed. Like he is so cool and I can't really tell you why he is that cool, but he just kind of is. But the the Mia thing I get because, you know, she she's family, legitimately family in the Toretto clan. But at the same time, there's stuff there with how they handle, you know, Paul Walker's Brian that I just never believed it for one second in terms of, you know, that character yeah. not being involved. And I understand why they don't have him in there, but it's they're they're in this weird place where, you know, if they do one thing to the character, it'll be in poor taste. If they do something else, it's just yeah. unbelievable. So, you know, they're taking the lesser of two sort of roads traveled in this situation. Um, and it kind of feels like like that's a suspension of disbelief. If, if, if you know, out of all the things that you have to, that's sort of- the one thing where you're kind of just like this. All those other things you can combine into because they're ridiculous. Yeah, where this is ridiculous in the bad way, where you understand why they have to do that, which you just uh, said. But it it is that one thing where you're like come on naming their kid after him and then him just not being which is also another meta thing because why yeah. not call him paul instead because which would that, also be meta but then makes more sense because you're not naming it after your friend who just yeah retired. and it, there's also a weird christian like, thing within these movies yeah. as well where that also would maybe make a little bit more sense because you know paul peter yeah and that like that kind of like my middle name is paul because of that but yeah exactly um, and so that because because again like i feel like that's another reason why these movies are so successful because you know they 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 do have that kind of faith-based element do you think the pope has watched any of the fast i would like to think that he's a huge fan (laughs) and probably tokyo drift is his favorite um and and speaking of that as well i mean there's lucas black that whole cast yeah Yeah, and and i kind of like how bow wow and lucas black are actually kind of integrated into this the the sequence that i do actually generally love and i think this is why i'm giving it a three out of five instead of a two out of five or or two and a half is the edinburgh sort of um sort of high sequence that involves magnets and 
mm-hmm. the sa- like this deserves best sound uh, at the Oscars for a zip line, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> and we haven't talked about John Cena that much. Oh God, he's so bad. He's dude. so bad, but again, he it kind of fits <laughs> fits into the world because he just. He's one of those guys I think that works better when he's playing against type when he's not playing you yeah. know the cool kind of like menacing because he was terrible in Bumblebee bat- too yeah but he kind of works in movies that aren't good like something like Sisters where he's actually yeah. kind of funny as like a drug dealer um you know oh, named yes, after the, the Exorcist stuff, demon yeah, yeah. so like yeah. it's that those are the roles that he's he's or Trainwreck which they even yeah. mentioned Trainwreck at one point when he's in yeah, the room yeah. with with his co-villain lead um you know the character says oh this is going to be a train wreck and I was like <laughs> and we talked about Trainwreck in our Space Jam review as well because yeah. LeBron's great in that too both of them that aren't good in their current films that are out and then uh and are good in Trainwreck and Trainwreck I don't even really love as a movie so weirdly enough but yeah I agree with you that Cena uh, he's one of those guys that he just even in wrestling he was one like comparing him to The Rock right like who The Rock isn't in this movie I, I want to see them have a scene together because I think that would be fun just as a wrestling fan um, but The Rock always felt so effortless where Cena always feels like he's that dork in your class that's already going, trying too hard, right? Like he wants people to notice him and he wants to be the teacher's bet kind of thing. Like he wanted Vince McMahon to love him and and stuff like that, where the rock just was like that guy who was effortless that everyone liked, but like didn't try too hard. Uh, The rock does try very hard too. Don't get me wrong, but like, but he's better at conveying sort of like an on-screen personality that works kind of thing. Yeah. And, and Cena, it's just everything I've seen him in, seems like he's trying way too hard and uh he's just like i mean he's trying to take the path of the rock right you know being the biggest wrestler in wwe and then transitioning into movies and but both the rock and dave batista i think have done a better job of of making that transition yeah Yeah. and even because dave batista another guy that doesn't feel like he's trying too hard he just wants to do interesting work and you know play to his strengths where i feel like Cena is not playing to his strengths other than to maybe some of that other stuff you talked about where he's taking these roles where he's supposed to be, you know, not that you're supposed to take him seriously in this movie. And I I think his acting is on, I I just buy into Vin Diesel more because, you know, I just feel like he makes Vin Diesel look like Sir Lawrence Olivier. Yeah. Yeah. He really does. And like Cena, every facial thing that he does or every kind of line delivery is just so feels so forced and but bad, you can forgive that but, more because of the yeah. movie i think like totally. we, we made fun again of lebron james like the awkwardness of him carrying a lead movie Cena's not carrying this film obviously no, but he's the but antagonist you never buy him like, as like this you know super, super spy, spy. And, yeah, and it is just... kind of funny to see like this massive hulking guy you know wearing some of the the attire that he does throughout this thing but yeah like i i kind of feel like the casting of him is vin diesel almost getting back at the rock in a weird way as well where it's like you know i can cast somebody else in this franchise that's also a former wrestler and will bring in crowds and yeah john cena has really the, the rock would have been a better brother character to like oh totally uh, vin but, but that would have overshadowed yeah vin diesel in which you would way. not want and yeah. i almost feel that there was like i mean it's it's never been confirmed but like dave batista has said that he has no interest in this franchise and i almost feel that like dave batista would be somebody that yes. vin diesel would have reached out have, yeah at some point too and be like do you want to be a part of this and maybe because he's I think he's friends with the rock or at least respects the rock, you know, probably was like, you know, I've 
heard your what your reputation is like yeah. and i just don't i'm not interested and, yeah. and good for 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 dave batista because dave batista like i think actually dave batista is a better actor than even the rock and like and again you know this is me looking at that from they're, just blade they're runner they're very good at different things i think they're good yeah. at different things like the rock is m- m- more of a pure movie star yeah at like action movies and shit like that where i think dave batista can give a better performance you put quieter, little glasses kind of like, on dave batista yeah. <laughs> he's going yeah. places and man, such a I'm nice guy we both we both interviewed him he's like the sweetest dude man like he was such a uh like it it shocked me big hands big heart yeah like he was just so much fun to talk to and i'm sure the rock is the same way but um yeah and then i I would just say that the movie kind of just plays out and like i enjoyed all of it but i don't have anything like you know spectacular to say about it like not one thing was like holy shit that's fantastic like you laugh throughout the whole thing because it's just ridiculous whether it's that line delivery or a set piece or just explanations of things or just like how stupid it is in general like there's multiple times i would like see me and you beside each other just laughing at certain things and just because it's just so silly and uh, i think that's you know i don't think one thing i think the magnet stuff you brought up um stands out there's some dodgy cg in some points that you, well, you even within that like, sequence where yeah. like i mean i reference it again where you see sort of vin diesel wearing this tight white shirt and there's like almost like a cgi augmented version of him not even yeah. a stuntman jumping on you know these these to other cars and scottish like buildings these classic buildings, pieces of yes. architecture oh yeah that yeah 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 um, uh, but then like there's a lot of time where the camera would pan up and you get kind of the uh people who are play video games like og grand theft auto from the top down view and some of the trees looked awful and just the cars driving looked very you know fake um but most of the stuff is practical right like they destroy a shit ton of cars and i think that's what justin lynn you know his strength is being creative in some of the action sequences and they are all fun to watch like i again i don't think it maybe hits the highs other than the space stuff like the literal highs is like just so absurd and silly and fun that like you kind of just buy into it, even though there's not anything that is necessarily spectacular other than them just being in a old cards with a jet engine in space. And it's just so ridiculous. It's literally ludicrous. I love it. Um, And then I want to talk a little bit about, yeah, Sung Sung Kang coming back as Han. And that was supposed to be so he is so cool, but like the explanation of him coming back and what he is given in this movie, I feel like did not live up to, um, And maybe it would have played better if we didn't know he was coming back. Like, and I don't know how you hide that, but I mean, we've had great reveals in other movies where I feel like you could have hid him coming back, but maybe he's too much in the last act of the movie that that would have leaked. But um, I feel like you get a much bigger pop in the trailer than you do in the movie because you know it's coming. And then when you get the explanation of how he comes back, you kind of laugh because it's like a non-explanation. And it's just like... Mr. Nobody, you know, helped him uh, or fake his death. And then yeah, which you, you what you of- needed was you needed like, again, the soap opera thing to be so extreme or convoluted yeah. in how he survived. And like you when need- Letty, like the Letty stuff oh, when she comes that's back. That's perfect. Like that yes. is amazing. Like it's you needed like- Han to come back with like a robot arm or like an eye yes. patch and be like, yes. this is what happened. <laughs> and that that's exactly, you nailed it, Eric. Like it needed to be more ridiculous. Like this franchise, you've already jumped 
the shark, right? Like, and that's a good thing. I mean that as a positive because, like, I, I think if this movie just if they kept being sequels like the first three movies, we would have this would have just petered out and no one would have cared. Um, but technically, but it I, was supposed to peter out at that point because Fast and Furious Tokyo I mean, yeah. Drift was supposed to be a VOD movie or or, or a direct to video film, yeah. and like that was going to continue the franchise on on home video. And that's what I mean, like that, and the and the franchise would have died there. But they pivoted and went this ridiculous route, this high route this spy route whatever route you want to call it you could go any genre with these movies now or Groot. it's like um yeah and i just feel like you needed to do something ridiculous and the explanation we got wasn't really it was ridiculous but it was just underwhelming where it was just like well how'd you how are you not dead you're like well i i worked with mr nobody and he faked my death and you're like okay and then like and then that's it and then i'm with you where it would have been cool if he like you know mr nobody pulls his body from the wreckage and he's like burned or something and has to wear like a cool mask or, or like, again like, uh, like a reference arm, to yeah. uh, escape from new york and snake plissken he yeah. wears an eye patch an eye patch that yeah. kurt russell designs like that would have been amazing as like a yes. meta joke yes that that is what i needed and like i guess you don't you don't want to hide his sun kang's too cool to like hide his face but like a robot arm would have been cool an eye patch would have been cool um something like or even a hand like luke skywalker a hand there's a star wars references in the movie um which actually and, are kind and of han, funny yeah. and han his yeah. name is han do something <laughs> like that like come on he was make frozen it a, in carbonite <laughs> yeah like that's what i needed from him coming back and it was so great to see him because you did miss him in the last couple movies because he was in six or Right? Or yeah, he, he was. Got, in, so, yeah. so again, that's the Six. other thing I love about this franchise is the chronology is all over the place in terms oh, yeah. of like Tokyo Drift is actually part like seven, really, in the yes, franchise yeah. and, and things like, like even it. though everyone's using flip phones. I think the like... more ridiculous thing about this, and again, going into retconning, is how another character that's close to Han is sort of not brought back in any way, but but introduced it, or her affiliations sure so yeah, the character yeah. affiliations of one character connected to another it's like okay about, yeah. like this that there was never any <laughs> connection there and and when this new character was brought in they were brought in a movie afterwards and it's just kind of like yeah. you're thinking and i, I apologize and for even being cryptic, with but. and even with jacob's connection there too right like you would have think you would have thought that would have come up with Mr. Nobody or whoever, yeah. like all of that stuff in the character you're talking about too. And, um, and then uh, how they introduce Han and, and, you know, um, his ward that he has in this movie and how they're connected to the main plot as well. And she is as much of a MacGuffin um, as the device as itself. The actual MacGuffin. Yeah. And um, it, it's just, again, I think it's ridiculous in the bad way um, where, I love that he came back. That is absolutely absurd and no one can die in this franchise because they'll come back. Like you got to think, you know, Gal Gadot will come back at some point for these last two movies or, um, you know, anyone who's. Well, I mean, even somebody that they've already kind of teased a little bit with like, you think like Eva Mendez would pop up again at some point. Right. And yeah, and like they, they had bring that- everyone back. They might have their end game moment, right? Like with these last two movies where they literally bring back everyone. I mean, you even have Who's the Thanos uh, though in this world, I guess, uh, Theron, like- I guess. Yeah. Uh, Shay Wiggum even shows up. Right. And he's got a, you know, his nose, his broken nose. It's like, it's still, 
dude, that was like seven movies ago. <laughs> I was like, it's kind of looking like Michael Douglas now. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, so that's ridiculous. Uh, I loved all the flashbacks. Cause I, that was the one unexpected thing. Like they didn't really show in the trailers and we're going into more spo- spoiler territory than we normally do, but this movie has been out for a month in most places. But, um, it, all the flashback stuff, I Can't actually spell spoiler kind of, without oil. Um, I, uh, <laughs> God, thank you. Um, I, I already brought it up, but I appreciate that they didn't de-age, you know, John Cena and, and Vin Diesel or, or Michael, Michael Rooker. Rooker. <laughs> like, I just love that, you know, Michael Rooker is just Michael Rooker, He's but even though sweet it's like, mullet. it's 30 years ago, but, um, he looks exactly the same. Um, but then they cast these younger actors and I'm like, it was weirdly refreshing because like we've seen in Marvel and Star Wars and Disney does it a lot, but in other, other people have done it too. Or even we brought up the George Clooney thing in, in Midnight Sky um, where it's not, they cast someone different, but gave them, you know, Clooney's voice where all of that is distracting where this never felt distracting to me. Cause I'm just like, cool. They cast younger actors that sort of look like John Cena and sort of look like Vin Diesel and Short I bought Cena and tall and, and tall Vin. <laughs> like, even though the first fast and the furious movie isn't much later after we get a scene in the mid nineties, um, uh, with a sweet prodigy song. Um, I was like, I'm all in and you get a, a, like a OG fast and the furious race. And I was like, this is cool. Like this is melding what those original couple movies were and what these movies have become. And even though it is retconning and, and explaining things that don't necessarily need to be explained. And then um, I was just kind of like, and this weird film grain, which I really hope he shot those sequences on film because that would be amazing. Um, And I mean, um, they had the budget for it. They, they certainly should have. Um, but they have this, like, it looks like this very heavy film grain that they put on the, those sections. Yeah, and it's I super think those, saturated as well. Yeah. And I just kind of like, you know what Th- you buy into it because of this franchise and you're like, this is kind of fun seeing like fast and furious origins in the, in this movie. So, um, I kind of enjoyed all those sequences. I also do feel like, I mean, obviously they can't do anything, but like in terms of people that are missing, like Paul Walker, you know, yeah. by himself, obviously in too fast, too furious, is it wasn't great but like he is he was a part of that family yeah. and like he, you know his absence is felt yeah i think with him the rock and statham you know all missing from this movie and a couple other the characters we've seen with you know like we mentioned gal gadot i know you bring han back um uh but the other characters we've seen pop up you know theron's only in a little bit of this movie kurt russell's only in a little bit of this movie um helen mirren's in one scene and she's awesome in the one scene that she's in and kurt russell's awesome and charlie's theron's you know giving a better not a better performance but she is hamming it up like she did well, in the she last knows the movie, movie she's too. in and she's just um, having fun with it like- yeah and i think with all of those people kind of being just in the background or not in the film and you rely on john cena and then this generic German dude, um, I've got Thu uh, Ersted Rasmussen plays Otto, and um, he's kind of like seen as oh, you know, second, second in command. Um, it just kind of ends up being sort of generic, and I think that's the biggest problem with the movie is like, you know, it plays out kind of exactly how you'd expect it and the set pieces are ridiculous but i don't think that there's one there's not like that submarine moment i guess space is that moment but yeah. like 
that sequence is just more because they're in space, not necessarily exciting because of what happens in space. Yeah. It's just how, again, how ludicrous it all is with like, okay, we finally got there and we are listening to, you know, the fan response. It it almost is reactionary in, in, in that way where it's like, you know, they are aware of how, ridiculous this franchise has become uh overall um but i even like little things like i actually like the underground bunker and that they're working in and like the tyrese joke about you know seeing a ninja turtle (laughs) like like stuff like that is dumb but like it kind of works like in terms of like a weird like antiquated technology kind of thing and um you know like roman's still very hungry all the time yeah and you know the family comes first and there's obviously you know i mean this really isn't a spoiler because they've been doing it in every movie in the last four films where there's a barbecue at the end of the film and like it just kind of feels like you know there are these classic tropes that they have to like hit in each and every one of these movies and they have a checklist and it's like okay we you know we mentioned this or we tied this back to another thing or in order to bring back a certain character we'll retcon this in the most ridiculous way possible or in a way that just is kind of lazy because i do feel that like the han stuff is just ultimately lazy in terms of how they bring him back and could have been more over the top or outlandish um but it's just kind of fun to hang out with these characters um and you know and like even the stuff with like how Nas is used in in the flashback it's just so <laughs> so dumb and in space and everywhere just Nas is like superpower um yeah I can't wait to see where it goes next in these final two movies because uh and then afterwards like um I I'm sure these final two will be the last with this cast although I could also see them coming at back like in ten years yeah. and being like and, and doing another one um. But I and I do think that they might go the crossover route as well because you've you've already gotten to that point where anything goes. Where, but even little after, Brian, right? Like you could you could yeah. even have a series with like the next generation of Fast, you know? Yeah, which they've already kind of had in that animated Netflix show with Dom's younger cousin or whatever. <laughs> Another um, character we've we've yeah. barely ever heard of, other than in, the, yeah. in that show in, in that animated series, right? And then, um, so I'm just genuinely like, do you involve? time travel or is that one step too far no it's not um i don't think it is either so like and you it's like mission impossible like you i think it's a very apt you know comparison of always needing to one up the last movie with you know in in mission impossible it's a a, you know a physical stunt that tom cruise does where in fast it's like what absurd thing can we just do for these or what these characters can do and um i'm really genuinely curious to see what they do and ending it with you know I don't want to spoil it, but there's a moment, you know, at that barbecue where you're just like, okay, that's the stuff where I'm like, I don't know where you go, where you don't involve that, like in the next two movies and how he wasn't even involved in this one. And I know there've been rumors of like, you know, what they might do there. And then that kind of gets into icky territory as well. And I, I, I don't need to go deep into that, but you know what I'm talking about, Eric, but yeah. like, I, I just don't know how you handle that as well, especially when you're going to want to bring everyone back for these last two movies, probably. And then I could see them doing a crossover with another universal property at, at some point, like what they were going to do with jump street and, and men in black or whatever, but yeah. Um, or just take like, again, like it might not necessarily go to back to the future or Jurassic or park, Jurassic but, park, yeah. but they'll, they'll find a way to like, 
mix it up, but it, it it's it's one of those things where anything goes now. Like it's just, it's it's gotten to oh, that. If point. they announced Fast and Furious Jurassic Park crossover, I you you know I'd be in. I'd be like, that sounds incredible. I'm all in. Well, on I that. mean, the characters are more oh, memorable in the Fast movies than the new Jurassic World films. So yeah, I agree. So, anyways, uh, I'm gonna give it a uh, you know. I think it gets a 0.5 bump for me just for being fast and furious. So I'm going to give it a three and a half. I still really thoroughly enjoyed myself, even though I would put this in the middle to lower tier fast and furious movies. Yeah. I'm going to give this uh, a three out of five. It's fun. It's fast, but it's just not the best of the franchise. I agree. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, and oh, we we talked a little bit about it, but just seeing it on the big screen was perfect. Like I'm glad we waited. Um, yeah, that's uh, exactly like again. Like we talked. Well, we talked about it a little bit. Like yeah. at the beginning of the show. Like I think a movie like this, because of the length as well. You know, like if you go and watch this in a theater, it's more fun to just completely be involved with it, yeah. with it and just not have to worry about any distractions yeah yeah um and luckily we did not have any in this no, movie that, but if that you want to hear that audience experience was, was great. great yeah yeah if you want to hear about a not so great audience experience go check out our review of escape room tournament of champions um we spend the first 30 minutes talking about an event that happened afterwards so um it was you know the movies are back so um and you don't know who you're going to be stuck in a theater with so go check that out we also have a review up for a quiet place part two we were finally able to see that so we're kind of playing a little bit of catch up which is why we have six new reviews this well i'm weekend. not i can't i can't um, have ketchup nah we did have chicken sandwiches i had tomato on mine eric did not i also had chili which also has tomatoes in it uh, we also do have reviews up for Pig, Space Jam, A New Legacy, and uh, Fear Street Part 3, 1666, as well as the first two films. But those are our six new reviews that we all had uh, this weekend. So go check those out uh, if you would be uh, so kind or interested. Um, also, Untitled Movie Podcast, our main show, we have our 94th draft up right now, which we talk a lot about at film festival stuff. So we'll have our 95th draft coming very, very soon, as well as Untitled Movie Conversations, our interview show. So Phantom City Creatives, Justin. Erickson and Paige Reynolds came by and we talked about a movie art and their process and favorite movie posters and all that jazz. So uh, go check that out. Uh, Untitled underscore cast on all those podcast or all those uh, uh, social medias uh, as well as um, drop us a review if you would be so kind. Um, go check out our hub on Letterbox, our HQ, uh, which is Untitled Podcast. All of our reviews, links to all the shows, um, our personal pages, social links, you know, everything you could ever want from us is over on Letterboxd HQ. So go check that out. Um, we put up uh, our little mini reviews as well as links to everything. So uh, and our star ratings, if you just kind of want an overview of what we've liked and, and not liked this year as well. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rorbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rorbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can uh, find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. The movies. It's a bit of my father. <laughs>